This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. So this morning, just, uh, just by way of a, um, a catch-up uh, and a bit of a setup into, into where I want to go this morning, um, I just want to share with you where my head and, and my heart has been at um, over the last few months. Um, uh, yeah, I'm aware that there, there are a lot of people in this church and, and just in the community who, uh, who really care for us, uh, really care for, for myself and my girls. Um, and you have a genuine concern for, uh, you know, for how we're, we're getting along. And uh, let me just take the opportunity to say, say thank you um, for the fact that I, I receive constant uh, messages uh, from people. And, and, and when I see them, they, they always tell me they, they're thinking of us um, and praying for us. And, and I really believe that's, that's given us uh, the grace to, to really just transition uh, or, or manage the season um, as best we can. So... This morning, I want to I want to answer the the how how are you comma really um, question that that some of you ask and, and I think probably many of you want to know, uh, but thank God you don't all ask me. Uh, there are only so many hours in the day, but uh, this is a, this is an amazing opportunity for every man. This is every man's dream to be able to answer the questions of fifty women, or at least the fifty questions of one woman most of the time uh, by speaking just once. So I'm relishing in the opportunity. In exactly a, a week from now, um, my wife would have been gone from our lives for six months already. Um, she, uh, she passed away from, from metastatic uh, breast cancer um, after, after a three-year fight, uh, and that was in, in, April, in April this year. And in that time, uh, we've gone through a Mother's Day, um, a Father's Day, my youngest daughter's birthday, um, what would have been my wife's birthday, my birthday, and uh, just this week, uh, we would have celebrated our, our 13-year wedding anniversary. Um, so, yeah, we've been through a few, it kind of just leaves uh, Christmas and then the December holiday period, uh, and then my eldest daughter's birthday, and, and finally, of course, the, just the anniversary of, of Kim's death, uh, before we've ticked off the, the full list uh, of, of firsts. So, apart from those events, uh, which admittedly were a little bit wobbly, um, you know, for the most part, day to day, as individuals and as a family, we are, we are genuinely doing so well. Um, we really just have an incredible, I've just experienced an incredible amount of grace uh, on my life just to, just to weather this, this season. Um, so we're, we're settling back into established routines uh, with obvious differences. Uh, it's kind of like playing your favorite game, your favorite board game or favorite sport, um, but they've changed all the rules. Uh, so the objective remains the same, uh, but you have to, you have to learn to, to play again uh, within new parameters. And we're doing that, um, both I and, uh, and us as a family we are. And uh, yeah, the girls, you know, the girls are just, they're happy. They're happy at home. Uh, they're happy at school, and, and what's really important for me is I, I just see that life still excites them. Uh, you know, it's still exciting to go out and, and to do stuff, uh, even though we, we're not doing it with, or mom is not with us anymore. They're, they're still really excited about stuff, so uh, that's fantastic. On a personal note, I feel like I've really turned a corner um, in the last month and a half or so. 
as mentioned, it was, uh, it was Kim's birthday. Uh, it was the 29th of, of July. And uh, I, took, uh, I took the girls up to, to Hogsback, uh, which is, uh, is naturally a beautiful place, nothing special for a lot of people, but just very special for us and, and significant for us as a couple and as a family. And uh, it actually held a lot of promise for, for us for, for a future together um, for our family. And uh, most people, I think, go and, and enjoy the, the hogs from a distance, either from your, um, your accommodations balcony or from a, uh, from a restaurant. Uh, we take a slightly different approach, and, and we go up. Uh, so I, I took the girls, and, and we hiked up to the top of Hog One. That's like the main one on your, on your right you see from the town, uh, to the highest point, to the beacon there. And we just spent uh, an emotional half hour um, each just emptying the, the contents of a, of a container filled with, with Kim's ashes. And it was, a, yeah, it was a beautiful moment for us as a family, um, just a really special time uh, up there uh, saying final goodbyes. And uh, being the sucker for punishment that I am, I decided to also do something that I hadn't been able to do for, for four months, and uh, that was to, to actually just remove my, my wedding ring. Um, Yeah, it was tough. It was tough to do. Um, kind of the final thing that I was holding on to. But I, I took the moment just to, to share with the girls um, the significance of a, of a wedding ring and, and, and the commitment and, and the covenant and what it shows to, to the outside world, just your, your lifelong commitment to, to one person, to your spouse. And um, I had decided too that I, that I wanted to actually just move it over to, to my other hand because um, our girls had been born within that, within that promise, um, within that commitment, and, and I just said to them that, that I want to, do, to wear it now in this hand just as a sign of my, of my commitment to them and, and a reminder to me of just um, yeah, my promise to, to my girls uh, going forward. So yeah, we, we just had a, had a great time and uh, we really had... Incredible weekend up there. We spent four days, and um, it was the I think it was the week after that good snow that happened in, in Hogsback, when like five thousand people flocked to Hogsback and slip sliding around up there. Um, so there was still some snow around. Uh, so we were, we were playing, and, and, and it was great. But while I was there, I just had had two just two very distinct, challenging. Um, actually, a few, a few more than two, but I just want to share with you just two realizations I had when, when I was up there. Um, and I'll just use this as a segue into my message this morning. So the first was standing in, in the kitchen of our accommodation, and um, I had just prepared yet another breakfast, supposedly on holiday, um, cleaned the, the greasy pan from, from last night, uh, was busy packing backpacks and making sure we had enough food to keep the girls happy for a while, for the, the day. For those of you who aren't parents yet, here's a tip. Food. Food will keep your kids happy all day long. Okay. Um, and you're just taking it into account and making sure that they had whatever they needed. Is it going to be hot? Is it going to be cold? Jackets and beanies and, and scarves and whatever we needed for the day. Um, and in that moment, I just... 
I felt the, the shared, what should be the shared role of parenting just fall squarely onto my shoulders. Um, and, and in that moment, I was quite overwhelmed. And I know all the mothers in the house are probably thinking, well, what were you doing with your other hand? And, uh, <laughs> touche. Uh, I take my hats off to, to all the moms in the house. Uh, my respect for you is, is unparalleled. Um, but, you know, what I was doing was, was nothing necessarily different to what I have been doing over the past few months. But, months, but I, I just felt, felt the weight of it this morning as I, as I realized that this is, this is my reality now for, for the foreseeable future. And the second was, uh, was a moment when we, we found a large patch of snow out on, on, on the outskirts of the forest. And uh, we were the only ones there. And it was... Um, uh, yeah, it was really great just on the road and there was this icy patch and uh, so we were all playing and I was running along on the soft stuff and dragging the girls along as they skid on the ice uh, and, and we were just having a, a lot of fun and my natural slant in, in those kinds of situations is to, is to go, uh, to get it done, to tick it off and to, to move on to the next exciting thing and um, I think just kind of 20 years of conditioning in, in, in my job to to chase deadlines um, has, has just made me, you know, to want to do that, get it done and, and, and move on. And, and I had to force myself in, in that scenario just to actually slow down um, and to realize that I had nowhere to be, nothing to achieve, no deadline to hit. Uh, I could just be there um, and enjoy the time with the girls. And, uh, yeah, I was just kind of crossing fingers that they would want to leave at least before the snow had melted. But all parents will know that kids are like sponges, and um, I believe they learn more from, from us than from any other source. And they make connections to our, our behaviors in various situations. Uh, they see how we handle conversations and conflicts. Uh, they pick up on, on what excites us, what, what makes us happy, what our passions are. They also pick up on, on what upsets us and what irritates us. Um, and a lot of their decision-making, I think, is a reflection of how we handle situations more than how we say we should handle situations. And it just dawned on me in, in that moment in the snow where I had to fight my, you know, my natural tendencies that I am a certain someone. I'm a combination of, of qualities and characteristics uh, and experiences and thoughts, and, and together they combine to make someone who is uniquely me, as the same as they do um, to create you. And you know, I, I, in that moment, I just realized that unfortunately my girls only have a someone now and, and no longer two. Just a single main influence in their lives every day. And that scared me quite a bit. You know, I love what my wife brought to the game. She was fun. She was joyful. She was energetic. She was so bubbly and she was spontaneous. Oh, I just got stung by whatever I just grabbed. Um, and she was just incredibly, wow, that's hurting. She was incredibly ambitious um, and, and hardworking. And, uh, you know, she was, she was caring. And she was just the best mother that, uh, that I've ever known um, to, our, to our kids. She was just many things that I'm not. And uh, I was left wondering with, just with questions like, am I enough? Should I be doing more to change who I am? How can I be more than who I am to these kids? 
So in all the beauty of what was you know, really a special weekend, I came away with a heaviness. Everything was raw and real again. I was saying final goodbyes and, and letting go of things that had you know, been part of my identity for more than a decade. And there were these things that had surfaced that I had to wrestle with. I basically came away feeling lost, feeling like I was in the wilderness. I was left with questions for God like, you know, where the heck am I actually going? I thought you had a plan for my life. What am I supposed to do now? You know, I felt like the Israelites wandering in the desert, no longer in slavery, no longer being pursued by my enemies. But at the same time, I thought I was headed for something awesome. Life was looking so good. And now I have no cooking clue where the promised land is or what it even looks like. And that's the canvas I, I want to paint on this morning. The years that the Israelites spent stuck between freedom and a promise. Because I'm going to go out on a limb this morning and say that I think there's more than a handful of us who are feeling that way. Have felt that way. And probably are likely to go through something where you, where you feel like you're just lost. And you have nowhere to go. You're just aimlessly wandering around in this life. And you actually wonder, maybe Egypt was the better place to be. Stuck in slavery because where am I now and where am I going? You know, as a community and as a, as a global collective, the human race has suffered more trauma in the last 18 months than, than, than many of us will see in that sort of period of time. We've all experienced loss. There's been loss of loved ones, loss of jobs, loss of income, a loss of connectedness, a loss of freedom and a loss of free will. And at the very least, we've, a lot of us have lost perspective. And having recently been in that place and, and finally feeling like I'm moving out of it, I just want to share with us this morning what, what the Lord has really been impressing on my heart um, over the last few months. So I've just got, got four points that I hope will, will really move us from a place of, of, of feeling lost and feeling stuck and really propel us forward into, into what God has in store for us, what the promise he has for us. Okay, so you are here, recognize it. How do you know where to go if you don't know where you are? You know, that weekend in Hogsback for me was exactly this. I took stock. I realized, I realized where I was. I faced my reality. And in the weeks leading up to it, I was, I was excited and I was apprehensive I knew that, that God had something for me there. There was something waiting for me. And I went and I confronted it. We need, to, we need to look around. We need to be real with ourselves. We need to realize what, what external and internal things are influencing us and how are, we, how are we reacting to those things. Because if we don't, if we don't take stock of those kinds of things, we can, take, we can actually begin to take comfort in those afflictions. How many of you have heard of um, Stockholm Syndrome? Okay, a few. There was a, a, a bank robbery, a botch bank robbery in Sweden in 1973, where the robbers came in and they, and they held hostages. And one of them, one of the ladies, actually started to develop feelings of, of affection and trust for, for their captors. 
And the psychologist jumped on that and they, and, and they named that term Stockholm Syndrome. You know, oftentimes something will burst through, our, through the doors of our lives and, and, and we didn't ask for it. It, it just comes against us. It's, it's loss. It's, it's death. It's abuse. It's addiction. It's depression. It's offense. And it takes us hostage. It takes away our freedom. We didn't choose for it to come in. And often these feelings, they come under duress. The enemy brings something against us. We didn't want it, and, and it, it takes over our lives. It takes our lives hostage. And that odd thing, that Stockholm Syndrome, can actually happen. And we can begin to take comfort in that thing. It takes such a root in our lives that we begin to use it as a crutch. We, we begin to develop feelings of trust and affection towards that thing. Did you know that death can be comforting? I mean, yes, death is comforting, I'm sure. It's the final resting place, so it must be pretty comfortable. But I mean, experiencing a death of a loved one can actually be comforting. It can give you a reason to be angry, an excuse not to get up in the morning, an excuse to bail on commitments, to be angry at God, and just be in a place where that can become a comfort. An offense can become a comfort. You no longer need to engage with that person. It gives you an excuse. I want to tell you this morning, don't let those things become your comfort. The Holy Spirit, one of his main roles, one of his main names is the comforter. Seek the Holy Spirit, rather. Let's get into a place where we analyze where we're at. What are we holding on to? What's come into our lives? What's taken us hostage? Come against those things. Let's realize them and instead bring in the Holy Spirit. So how do you know? How do you know if you're healthy? Same way you know if a tree is healthy. You check its fruit. Check the flowers. Check the leaves. What's it look like? How's the fruit of that tree? If, if it's not good, we need, to, we need to have a look at something. So let's take a look at Galatians 5, verses 22 to 23. The fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit. If, you, if you've been comforted by the Spirit, you can expect to see this kind of fruit. If you've been comforted by something else... A few of these are going to be a bit shaky. So take a minute. Have a look at them. Just pick out one or two and ask yourself, how's my, how's my fruit? How's my joy? How's my peace, especially in, in this season? How's my patience? How's my love towards one another, towards other people? If there's a problem with a fruit... You need to go back to the root. We need to recognize where we are and see what's going on. So having taken an honest evaluation, you may come away feeling worse. I did. It wasn't a great place. You can, you can ask. I walked into our, our staff meeting uh, on a Tuesday following that, um, that weekend. And it was, I came in like a world's strongest man competition, you know, carrying like one of those Boeings. I was carrying such a weight, and, and I, I think I, I spent at least 60% of the meeting outside, uh, either crying or trying to stop crying. 
uh, and it was just a vicious cycle that um, I was just really in, in, a, in a bad place. I was, I was feeling the heaviness of, of my reality. But the upside is, is that you are here, but so is he. You know, in this season, God really brought a friend into my life. Uh, he, he brought him across some path, and he was really speaking directly through him. And I think by textbook definition, we, we're more than, little more than acquaintances. Uh, we move in similar circles, and our girls are at, at school together, uh, and we have shared beliefs. But I, I don't message him every day, and, and I don't tell him how I'm feeling. Um, but So he really knew, he didn't know where my, where my head or my heart was at. Um, but one morning he was prompted to, to pray for me, and he, and he sent me a message afterwards, just what he had felt and, and, a, and a picture he had seen from God. And I just want to share it with you. He said, I felt like the future may look like a wide sea in front of you at the moment, without a specific piece of land to aim at. But I heard the words, paths of righteousness, and saw below the sea it was a definite path mapped out for you, outlining the way forward. In the depths below the surface is a map. Here's Jeremiah 29:11 for you, that has a way forward. Even though you can't see it right now, every detail is known, understood, planned. You may not know it or see it, but it's okay, as long as he does. And I just want to release that over us this morning. God is with you. God has a plan. And it's already mapped out. He will never leave you nor forsake you. We may not see it, but he does. And that's an important thing. You know, I believe that God wants to see his plans for you fulfilled more than you even do. And if your plans are are going somewhere else, I believe he can come in and, and really redirect where you're headed. It reminds me of a story of, uh, of, of friends of the church, um, Scott and, and Gabby Rand. Uh, they, they, they spent a, a good couple of months with us. They're, they're a couple from the United Kingdom, um, and they, they came over to visit family for the holidays. They arrived mid-December, and they had planned to, to leave uh, early, early Feb. Um, but South Africa was red-listed um, in terms of them flying back home. Uh, so they eventually left uh, early this month, uh, headed to Dubai where they spent two weeks, and, and finally they headed home. I think they arrived about a week ago. Um, so they spent seven unplanned months here in South Africa, but a beautiful thing happened. They encountered God through a series of crazy events, really, just, just obviously God-ordained moments. Um, they arrived here and really just got, got plugged in, and their lives have been radically changed by that encounter with Jesus. They had a plan, and they wanted to get back home. This was completely unplanned. I can imagine they felt at times like, what is going on here? Uh, we just want to get back home. Uh, Scott runs a business. Um, you know, they, they needed to be there, but God had another plan, and I, and I actually just honored them for, for coming and, and, and choosing to get involved. They came and did it, our encounter courses and all sorts of things, and they, they really made space to allow God to, to work in their lives. And, and I believe it's an example of, of what we should be doing in the seasons where we feel like we don't have, we're, we're off, you know, off the map. We don't know what's going on. Because in our journeys, I believe that God can, can still speak, and He does speak. 
and He does provide. And each of us needs to, to really grasp what God has for us in the moment. Many of you will know of uh, the America's Got Talent sensation Nightbird. Some of you heard of her. Okay, so she popped up on the scene, I think it was June or July, um, and uh, she just came with a, with a song of her own, and she's a cancer, a cancer fighter as well, and um, there are just so many similarities between her story and my wife's, uh, especially just her aggressive hope. So I connected with her, um, and I sort of scoured everything she had, her social media, and uh, I found that she had a blog, and... Um, uh, I read some of the entries, and I, and I want to just share one of them with you. She wrote this. I remind myself that I'm praying to the God who let the Israelites stay lost for decades. They begged to arrive in the promised land, but instead he let them wander, answering prayers they didn't pray. For 40 years their shoes didn't wear out. Fire lit their path each night. Every morning he sent them mercy bread from heaven. I look hard for the answers to the prayers that I didn't pray. I look for the mercy bread that he promised to bake, break, bake fresh for me each morning. The Israelites called it manna, which means, what is it? That's the same question I'm asking again and again. There's mercy here somewhere. What is it? What is it? What is it? I see mercy in the dusty sunlight that outlines the trees, in my mother's crooked hands, in the blanket my friend left for me, in the harmony of the wind chimes, it's not the mercy that I asked for, but it is mercy nonetheless. And I learn a new prayer. Thank you. It's a prayer I don't mean yet, but will repeat until I do. Call me cursed, call me lost, call me scorned, but that's not all. Call me chosen, blessed, sought after, Call me the one who God whispers his secrets to. I am the one whose belly is filled with loaves of mercy that were hidden for me. It's a beautiful piece of, of writing and it challenges me just to challenge you to say how many of us are living answered prayers that we never even prayed. You know, personally, I, I look at my girls and I, I see how well they've adjusted and I see the joy on their faces every day. I didn't pray that prayer. And I see the work, the good work that I'm getting in um, my business and the, the health of my business bank account, even though I'm working far less hours than I used to, I didn't pray for that. And I see the community around me and individuals who have pulled close to, to me and to us as a family, I didn't pray for that. So yes, I was robbed of probably one of the greatest gifts of my life. But look at everything else I have. I'm going to choose not to, not to focus on what's been taken away from me, but from what God provides for me every day and what He still has planned for me. I want to tell you this morning that even in your darkest hour, He's there. Even in your driest season and your moments of hopelessness, He is there. God is with you, and He's still fighting for you, and He is still providing for you daily. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says it beautifully. 
When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. I'll be the first to admit that it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to find God in these moments, in the low moments of your life. But that's why I want to encourage you with, with this next point to practice this often. You are here, look back. If you battle to believe that, that God is still with you and he's still for you and he still has a good plan for your life, take a moment to look back and see how far he's brought you already. You know, in the Israelites' case, God performs one of the most epic miracles ever documented, the parting of the Red Sea. And he frees the Israelites from, from, from captivity, from slavery, only to let them wander around in limbo for 40 years. You may not recognize it, but the greatest miracle ever performed in your life was when God called and you said yes. The day he freed you from slavery, the day he drowned your enemies. How often do you look back at that? When you feel like God has all but left you, look back and see how far he has brought you. Give him thanks and praise. Count your blessings. Remember that time where you, you prayed for a job or an interview or a promotion, an increase? Or a project that you, you just really needed to go smoothly and he came through? Remember the time you prayed for a family member to be healed or to come to know God and, and they did. God came through. Remember those tight financial months? They're a distant memory because you came through them. God brought you through them. He brought you through those waters. And just as Andre said this morning, we, as a church we're experiencing that right now. And I love that Andre said he's not scared about it because God is in control. God will provide. The devil is scared. The devil is scared in this situation because he knows that we're taking ground. And if, if you've got nothing to be thankful for, just think of that one day when God plucked you out of the mud. You wouldn't be anywhere near where you are now if he hadn't rescued you. I would be nowhere near where I am. I would never be able to weather the storm that I faced if I didn't know God. The psalmist says it beautifully. I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, O Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. And that is both a promise and a truth, but also something that we need to take hold of. Every morning, there is manna falling. There is mercy and there is grace for a new day. And we need to take hold of it. Even if there was sadness at night, there is joy coming in the morning. And we, that's a choice for us, to wake up every day and to take it. So that brings me to my, my final point. Every day we have that choice, to get up 
and to go again. And life is going to knock you down. As I say, I'm sure there are many of us who, who are experiencing low points. Some of us may have been through them. The reality is that they, they're probably going to come to you. It's the nature of the, of the fallen life we live. And the devil is going to want to tell you, you are here and that's where you belong. But I didn't make a slide for that because that's not the truth. Instead, I made a slide that says, you are here, now move. And this is one of those points where I know you're like, okay, that's great, it's inspirational and all, but if I don't know where I'm going, what am I supposed to do? Where, which, where must I put my foot? Which way should I step? And I specifically left out the, the last part of the word I had received from that friend. Um, and, and he summed things up by saying, maybe what that word holds is just the key to get through today or the next day. For now, pursue righteousness, not understanding. Not the plan, not having it all figured out. As for the who am I and the what am I supposed to be doing kind of questions, don't focus too much on the you in them. As you stare at him, the you part will become clear. And he left me with the scripture. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you have no idea where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to do, just pursue righteousness. Don't pursue the destination. Pursue righteousness. Seek his kingdom. What is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God. So how can we pursue that? If you want to seek the kingdom, seek the king. Spend time at his feet. Spend time in his word. Spend time praying with him, worshiping him. Spend time praying in tongues even. Just connect with God. Delve into his word. Find out what he has for you daily. If you have nowhere else to go, go to him. Pursue the fruits of the spirit. Take those fruits, each one of them. Over the next few weeks, pick one just for the week and focus on it. Focus on being joyful in every season, every moment. Focus on being patient. Focus on being as loving as you can. How's your self-control? Instead of watching three episodes of a series, can you watch one? Can you put it off after that first one? Seemingly small things, but they point to how, how our inner health, the fruit that we, that we are producing. And third thing, just be generous. Jesus was the most generous person that walked the face of this earth to the point that he gave himself. We can all be generous. We have time, we have talents, and we have treasures. And we can each give of those things. We can give of our time to serve. We can give of our talents. Each of us has something placed in us that God wants to use for the body. And each of us has treasures. We have finances. We have the ability to give and to sow into his king kingdom. So if you have no idea where to go, pursue those things. Pursue righteousness. Pursue right standing with God. I'm going to end off with this and uh, the band can, can come forward. To go forward from a place, you need to leave your current place. 
You can't go forward and bring your place with you. And that's probably going to mean getting uncomfortable. It's going to mean confronting some things that you, you may not want to. Leaving some things that are currently bringing you comfort. And moving on to what God has planned for your life. Do you know why you were freed? You were freed to be free. You were freed for freedom's sake. Sounds like I'm swearing at you. Eh? You were free for freedom's sake. God has a plan for your life. And he can't use you if you're not free. He wants you to be fully free to really walk in to the destiny that he has planned for you. You aren't just free to leave something behind. You're free to walk into something greater. And you can't do that if you're wandering around in limbo in the desert. God wants to move you forward. So I want to invite you to take a step of faith today and to leave your current place behind. Here's an encouragement for you from, from the book of Joshua. God speaks to Joshua just before they're about to enter the promised land. And he says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, just as I promised to Moses. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. So take a step today knowing that God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has something prepared for you. And all he asks is that you take that step forward. Start to begin to take a step forward. And I know it's scary. I know it's difficult to, to leave some things behind. The enemy can, can really get, get his hooks in you with, with some of these things that have, have come and taken us hostage. And I want to encourage you to just to leave them behind this morning. God wants you free to take you into what he has promised you. And I just want to tell you that I don't know exactly where I'm heading. You know, I thought it looked like one thing, and then I thought it looked like something else. And now I'm more convinced than ever that I have no idea what it looks like. But I'm not going to use that as, use that as an excuse to stay lost. Instead, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move on. And it's a tough thing to do. It's difficult to move on, especially from, from a loss from, from what I've suffered and what I've gone through. It's difficult to say I'm, I'm moving on. But I can't mourn forever. And just a, a disclaimer to, you know, I'm, I'm obviously in a place where, where, I'm, where God is working in me and I'm ready to do this. I realize a lot of us has, have suffered loss and, you know, there's no time limit to that necessarily. Um, if you've been, you know, kind of mourning for a month, please don't, don't receive any condemnation from me. Uh, the Holy Spirit is just here to convict and to encourage us, to move us along. I'm in a place where I'm, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to go forward into what God has, has planned for me. So I just want to ask you to really analyze, go to that place, recognize what, where the Lord, where you are, what's influencing, what's happened in your life that you need to let go of and start to take a step forward today. You know, God, God has a plan for your life and it includes a promise. He set you free He's brought you out of slavery, but He's taking you somewhere. Freedom is, is, is not enough. 
We need to head somewhere. So I want to just call you forward into taking that step. Let God take control again of your life. He has a path and he has a plan for you. And I just pray that we would, we would each step into that this morning. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.